0: Greetings and welcome to the antithesis of Superwoman. I'm your host, former people pleaser and encouragement coach, Von Fuller, and I am so excited that you're back with me as we progress on this journey of living our best lives without the cape. The title of this episode is Grace, How Many of Us Have It? All right, let's get into it. Again, welcome. Before we dive into today's topic, as always, I want to address a few things. So, here are three important details I want to share with you. One, I am not a licensed therapist, I am solely a person who is passionate about encouraging people to live their best lives. Two, I am a Christian, and while I will share personal experiences that will involve my beliefs, I will not force my beliefs on you in this podcast. And three, I identify as a woman, hence the podcast name, and I'm surrounded by a lot of women. So a lot of my examples will be of women. However, men, please know that I am fully aware that we have supermen out there as well. And if you're feeling a weight of the world on your shoulders, but feel like you can't express it because you have to maintain that strong and unshakable image, this podcast is for you. And if you enjoy hearing encouraging tips and tools to go from overwhelmed to overjoyed, Join the encouragement fam. Remember to click subscribe, like, rate and review. Thank you. Okay, so now that we've gotten all the logistics out of the way, let's discuss grace. I know y'all hear me talk about grace a lot and probably feel like I sound like a broken record by now and that's because I do and I feel no shame, none. Grace is extremely important to me. Plus, y'all know why I'm a broken record when it comes to grace. It's because I wholeheartedly believe that if we practice giving ourselves and others grace on a daily basis, not only will the world be a better place, but everyone in it will be better off too. So y'all going to keep getting this grace talk. You welcome. Love (laughs) you. Okay. So I look at the process of giving and receiving grace as cyclical instead of reciprocal. Solely for the fact that the Bible doesn't say or at least I don't think it says y'all correct me if I'm wrong That us receiving God's grace and mercy is contingent upon whether we do so for others He gives us new grace and mercy whether or not we're deserving of it. That's a major part of the beauty in it Okay, so before we get too deep into this, I want to give you all a little bit of insight into my process Essentially, I let God tell me the topics and I just let him know I'm solely the mic and everything else is his because he's the one that told me to do this. I want to make sure I'm doing it for him always. And he gave me this topic, and I have to be honest, I struggled with it a little bit, mainly because when he gave me this topic, he gave me more questions than answers. All right, so let me explain what I mean. When I first was given a topic, I wrote it down, and the first thing that popped up was, How is it defined? He made me, he knows I'm all about definitions. And by now, you know, I'm all about definitions too. So I started my research and I found nothing concrete. And I feel like that's part of the reason he likes to mess with me. I feel like that's part of the reason why he came up with that question. Cause he knew I wasn't gonna be able to find the answer easily. Everything was general or super poetic. they all sounded nice, but nothing was like a clear cut answer. The one consistent thing I found was that it came from God and then everything else seemed up for grabs. And then he threw me a curveball question. How do people of other beliefs define grace? And I have to admit, I had never thought about that before. I never had to. I guess that's because I have religious privilege. When I say religious privilege, I mean that I believe in the same religion that the majority of people in this country believe in to include our country's leadership and government. The official motto of the US, which is where I live, is "In God we trust, it's on our currency. I never thought about what others who don't believe in the same God I do think about it. And that's a big part of the reason why I think he brought up that question too. In my head, I asked, you God, why are you telling me to look into other religions? And he answered me bluntly, as he usually does, and he said, consideration. He said it's about focusing on what we have in common, on what connects us and brings us together, instead of focusing on what makes us different. And because we tend to do the opposite and focus on what makes us different, that's what continues to drive us deeper into this terrible state of affairs we're in now. Y'all, I have to admit it. It was humbling. It hit the ego hard because it showed me that while I am inclusive of all people, maybe I'm not as considerate of all people as I could be. But I guess that's the thing with privilege, right? It's that silent partner in your life that you don't even realize is there until it's been called out. And then once it's called out, it's like Pandora's box and you see how much there is to consider that you haven't before. And as a quick side note, I wholeheartedly believe that there isn't one person on this earth that doesn't have some form of privilege. You may not be the most privileged, and having privilege doesn't mean that you aren't disadvantaged in other ways, but everyone has some form of privilege in their lives. And if you think about it, you'll see that. But anyway, that's a whole different topic. Let me know if you want me to do an episode on privilege. Back to the topic of grace, and I really want y'all to weigh in on this. On Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, let me know how you define grace. Grace. I want to look at it from four perspectives my perspective as a christian and my relationship with grace what was researched with muslims and grace what was researched with hindus in grace and a perspective of grace without a focus on religion altogether i want to be clear i am no expert on any religion including christianity this is solely based on my opinion experiences observations and research and I will be pulling out my notes during this episode because I'm only familiar with one of the three religions so y'all gonna have to bear with me at that. I also want to state that you may have a different opinion than me and that's okay. The beauty of different perspectives is if we're open to listening we may actually hear something that sticks with us and broadens our outlook on things and as I said earlier I was told to do this so I'm asking for some grace through this episode. Okay y'all let's dive into it. As a Christian doing research on grace, I realized a lot of it was based on individual interpretation, which honestly is not shocking to me at all. You and someone else can look at the same scripture and have completely different interpretations of it. And to take it even further, you can read a scripture one day by yourself and go back and read the same scripture a few years later or even a few months later and have a completely different interpretation of it because it's typically based on your experiences and your capacity at the time. The plus side of that is that it meets everyone where they're at on their journey and allows everyone to grow at their own pace. But the downside of that is that it can cause confusion It leaves scriptures open to a lot of manipulation and to those who are not of the faith and even those who are, the body of Christ can look disjointed and not really taken seriously. But on the flip side, while there may be differences between Christians' definitions of it due to different interpretations, there are certain things that are clear-cut and agreed upon, so I want to address those. The first is that grace is seen as a positive thing. It's been used interchangeably with favor, which is a demonstration of delight, and righteousness, which is morally right, virtuous, and justifiable. Second, grace is great friends with mercy, and you get a new helping of them each and every day. And the third is probably the most important. Grace comes from God. So now that we can start on a base of agreement, let's look at what it actually means, or at least a portion of what it means, because I honestly don't think we'll be able to come up with a complete and all-inclusive definition of grace. And honestly, I think that's by design. So of course, I went to the source, the Bible, and I looked up multiple scriptures on grace. I'm only going to include two here or else we'd be here all day and night. But it's good to at least have a couple of the ones that I included when I was doing my research. Okay, so the first is Romans chapter 3, verses 23 through 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And the second one is Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Like I said before, I read a lot of scriptures and what came to me in all of them was that a big part of grace is the absence of judgment. How did I come up with that? Well, first prayer, and also through studying the scriptures, specifically the key words in a lot of the great scriptures like mercy, salvation, righteousness, Christ Jesus. A lot of them, when you're just looking at the context of it, it appears to have a common theme of the absence of judgment. Did I say absence right? I don't know, y'all give me grace. So anywho, um <laughs> what I noticed was that a lot of them were connected to us receiving grace in spite of us. God's love for those who can be unlovely at times. I read somewhere that grace is getting what we don't deserve instead of what we do and I think that's spot on. A big part of grace is not being judged by God even when we most likely deserve it. So let me know what you think about that. I personally think it's amazing to have the privilege of not being judged from the only one who can judge you in totality meaning mind, body, spirit, and soul. I like being given grace. It feels nice. Okay, so let's go into the Islam faith and how Muslims who are believers in Islam view grace. I did the same thing I did with the Christian faith. I looked for a clear definition of grace. My research included looking for scriptures in the Quran, looking through articles, and talking to my auntie who is a Muslim. I have to say the best part of my research was obviously talking to my auntie. I truly believe there is always a benefit in learning from someone you know, love, and trust. Plus, the conversation was fun. Okay. So what I found through my research about grace were a lot of similarities, which shouldn't be surprising since both are considered Abrahamic religions. In the Islam faith, the grace of God is at the heart of the religion. Grace is considered the essence of God in creation. Human creation itself is seen as an act of grace from God, actually. And in the beginning of the Holy Quran, give me one minute to bring up my notes, Chapter 1, verse 1, it introduces God or Allah as a God of grace. It states, in the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful, all praise belongs to Allah, Lord of all the worlds, the gracious, the merciful, master of the day of judgment, which mirrors a portion of what my aunt actually said to me. She said every day she says in Arabic what translates to, in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. I tried to say it in Arabic y'all and nah, I ain't going to disrespect the language like that. It was it was not working. So I hope y'all are good with just me giving you the translation. Okay, love you. And the master of the day of judgment that you heard me say in the um, Quran scripture is defined by his grace needs no payment or ransom to grant forgiveness. Because of his mercy, he's also not compelled to punish, even as people are engaging in behavior that some may deem worthy of that very thing. I don't know about you, but this is sounding mighty familiar and mighty similar and mighty common to what Christians believe, which I'm excited about because remember, the whole point of this episode is to talk about some of the common things that bring us together. My auntie also added that blessings from Allah are considered acts of his mercy and grace. For example, family togetherness, good health, and ease after a storm can all be considered benefits of his grace. Or maybe it can be called grace in action. I like that. I think that's a little bit catchier. Okay. So essentially, there's a lot of similarities there. And although everything may not be exactly the same, we can agree that although undeserved, walking in grace is indeed a blessing. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to look at Hinduism. In Hinduism, the Sanskrit word for grace is prasada, which translates to favor. But similar to Christianity, there are other words connected to grace like daya, which translates to sympathy, tenderness, and graciousness. Kripa, which represents a sense of compassion. And anugraha, which translates to loving kindness. Lord, I hope I'm saying these words right. Please forgive me if I'm not. I am trying. With Hinduism, though, grace is considered a merited favor of God. This unmerited favor is freely bestowed on the devout seeker through the redemptive will of the God for the purpose of saving the embodied soul from repeated birth. It is also seen as independent of human effort or cooperation, and is seen as spontaneous. Another similarity between Hinduism and Christianity, though, is that there are some who have a difference of opinion when it comes to interpretations of these scriptures. Some believe your personal works can result in grace and others believe it is given freely and the thought that your works result in grace actually nullify what is being said about unmerited grace and favor. So it made me wonder what their holy book said about it. Hindu's holy book is called Veda, which means supreme wisdom and has four different parts. Honestly, very similarly to the Bible, I was unable to find a clear definition of grace in the Vedas. Most of what I was finding was actually different interpretations of the Holy Book instead of the actual access to the English translation of the Holy Book. So again, a lot of similarities, although for different reasons. The last thing we're going to talk about is grace outside of religion. If we look at grace as the absence of judgment, as showing love and kindness to those whose behavior can sometimes make it challenging to love, and just always treating people with the same treatment we want to receive for ourselves and our most dear loved ones which means having people give you understanding during times where you make a mistake or acceptance of your flaws without ridicule or criticism, then honestly, you can walk in grace without focusing on it being tied to religion. Just like being nice and respectful isn't reserved for religious people, you can extend grace to yourself and others without considering yourself religious. And let me say this to all my Christians out there who may be giving me the side eye right now as they listen to this. I got an answer for y'all. Holy Spirit, dropped this on me to drop to y'all. Jesus cares about the heart. When Jesus was doing his um, pilgrimage, when he was out there blessing and doing miracles, he did not talk to one person that started off as a Christian. They became Christians as they fellowshiped with him, as they heard him, as they saw his miracles. They didn't start off as Christians, and he didn't treat them any differently. He didn't write them off, okay? So we have to be open to everyone and focus on what brings us together. And the bottom line is, grace is a common thread for all of us, regardless of religion or lack thereof. And I hope you were able to see that in this episode. Let me also say on the flip side, that although grace is something that can connect all of us, lack of extended grace, which I believe we see a lot of now, can certainly divide us. And let me also add this, regardless of whether you believe in religion or not, you can choose not to walk in grace. Let me give you an example I'll use myself. Because of my belief, I believe I receive grace each and every day, but I don't always walk in it. Now, me using my free will not to walk in it doesn't negate that I receive God's grace daily. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, as a Christian, I believe I am called to be like Christ. Christ received grace and lived a life full of grace, extending it to both himself and others. I look at it like this. If God blessed me with armor, I have the armor, but is it doing me any good if I don't have it on? If it's sitting in the back of my closet? Or like the scripture says, Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. But can you say every Christian you know is living an abundant life? Every Christian you don't know is living an abundant life? No. So while I know I receive new grace each and every day, what I choose to do with it each and every day is on me. And I'm being honest. There are times I don't extend grace to myself, which is how this whole podcast came to be. I was beating myself up emotionally for not being able to do everything for everyone and feeling like a failure. God had to basically shut me up and shut me down. And when he did, he asked me, did I ask you to do it all? Did I ask you to be everything to everyone? No. And he's never going to because that's not the responsibility of man. That's the responsibility of God. And instead of me getting in trouble for doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing he showered me with his love, extended me grace and mercy, in spite of the fact that I was trying to step into a role I had no business stepping into, and for trying to wear shoes I know I cannot fit, and no one else here on earth can fit it either. And I know I'm not the only one who does that. It's almost like as humans, regardless of your beliefs, we fit into two categories. Either we're unable to give ourselves grace, but freely give it to others, or We're unable to give others grace, but freely give it to ourselves. And we've got to find a way to combat that. I may have gone around the world to come up with the answer to today's question. And if you don't remember the question, it's grace. How many of us have it? But in my humble opinion, the answer is we all have grace, regardless of our religious affiliation or lack thereof. It's one of the many things that we all have in common and can relate to. It's just a matter of what we choose to do with it that makes the real difference. And with that, it's time to move on to our weekly segments, The Encouragement Challenge, The Beacon of Encouragement, and The Encouragement Quote. Your encouragement challenge this week is to define what grace is to you and intentionally practice that graciousness for yourself and for others each day this week. That includes the weekend, y'all. Don't be trying to shortchange yourself. Our beacon of encouragement is none other than Chadwick Bozeman. Okay, y'all, bear with me here. For those that don't know who Chad Boseman is, he was an amazing American actor. I have to be honest, speaking about him is hard, so bear with me, because the learning of his passing is still emotionally raw for me, but there's no way I can talk about Grace and not bring him into the conversation. So here's what I know about Mr. Chadwick Boseman. He's from South Carolina. He was a fellow HBCU alum. Shout out to Howard, H-U. And he could act like nobody's business. He brought a sense of confidence and self assurance to every role he portrayed, at least that I've seen. And hubby and I would discuss through the years how he was our generation's Denzel. But what I enjoyed most about his acting is that it was evident that he was a true believer in the power of positive representation of a people and a culture. If you haven't checked out his work, I encourage you to at least watch these movies, okay? I need you to watch 42, that's about Jackie Robinson. Get On Up, which is about James Brown. Marshall, which is about Thurgood Marshall. Black Panther, which y'all need to know what Black Panther is. And all the Avenger movies he was in as Black Panther. I loved him in his roles because he was able to become the character and truly personalize the role. Each character he presented was a whole person. They were imperfect, but they were full of integrity. Okay, so what does that have to do with Grace? Well, I am glad you asked. Even though I didn't have the pleasure of meeting him personally, it was clear in his interviews and just his presence that he always handled himself with Grace, both on and off the screen. You'd be hard-pressed to find someone who had anything negative to say about him and his integrity and character as a human being. And he was usually one of the ones that volunteered his time to invest in others, whether that was having a conversation and sharing his knowledge with people who had an interest in his craft, or spending time with the youth and supporting them in various ways. I also believe he extended grace to himself by coupling it with integrity. One of the ways I think he did this is by recognizing he wasn't going to be perfect, but he was going to operate as his most authentic self. Someone he knew he could look in the mirror every day and be okay with. In order to do this with his career, he was picky about his roles. He didn't just choose every opportunity that was sent his way. And when an agent earlier in his career told him he wouldn't make it unless he played the stereotypical roles black men usually get handed in shows and movies, he didn't buckle under the pressure. He didn't doubt himself or his values. Instead, he fired his agent. Again, showing grace and integrity. Myself along with the rest of the world found out about his passing from colon cancer on Friday August 28th of this year. It was a shock because he hadn't told anybody only his most trusted friends and family. But his passing revealed yet another way in which he lived a life of grace. After he passed we found out that he had been fighting colon cancer for four years. Four long years not complaining still showing up still helping others, still giving his best self to the world. When I think of all the epic performances he gave us during that time frame alone, not to mention all the press tours, award shows, interviews, in spite of the fact that he was going through chemo, surgery, and just everything else he was going through, I am in awe, although not surprised at the audacity of his strength and his sacrifice for us to bring us something. He showed us that a true king and superhero leads with their heart and exemplifies grace in everything they do. So thank you, Chadwick Boseman, a true king. You are this week's beacon of encouragement. Whew. Okay, y'all, I made it through. Y'all don't know, I would, I've i been super emotionally and surprisingly so, because I, I don't really get emotional when people um, I'm not connected to, like celebrities and stuff pass. But for some reason, this one... This one really hit me hard. Okay, so I just want to remind you guys that I accept Beacon of Encouragement nominations. A beacon of encouragement is anyone who has encouraged you in life. They deserve the spotlight, so let's give it to them, y'all. Send me an email or DM me. Now let's move on to the encouragement quote. Okay, so this encouragement quote is a little unique in the sense that it has a backstory to it. I'm going to quote Chadwick Boseman. I know, shocker, right? (laughs) And a quote is simple. While he was receiving an MTV Movie Best Hero Award in 2019, he said receiving an award for playing a superhero is amazing, but it's even greater to acknowledge the heroes that we have in real life. Whew. The humility and grace just, just oozes out of him, I know. All right. So that was a pretty simple quote, right? And it's typically what you would consider a typical quote that somebody who is looking to look humble while receiving accolades would say. But here's where Chadwick's graciousness elevates things up a notch. He didn't just speak the words, he lived them. In the middle of his speech, he invited James Shaw Jr. to the stage with him. And if you don't know who James Shaw Jr. is, then you're in the majority. James Shaw Jr. is an electrical technician whose celebrities would call a regular person like me. But he proved himself to be a hero when he fought off a gunman in a restaurant in Tennessee. He took action to save lives of others even though he knew that he would possibly sacrifice his own life. He didn't get the publicity or the honors that he should have received. But just like a hero, he wasn't expecting anything either. And Chadwick knew that, which is why he completely surprised James by bringing him on stage, thanking him for his heroism and handing over the award, telling him, this is going to live at your house. God bless you. The graciousness in both of these heroes. Whew, okay. All right, I'm starting to get a little emotional. Let me pull it together. (sighs) Okay, with that, I want to thank all of you for joining me at episode 17. I'm so grateful that you are still rocking with me here as we grow on this journey of living our best lives without the cape. As always, know that I do not take it for granted. If you enjoy spending time with me chatting about grace, then join the Encouragement Fam. We're here with open arms. Like, subscribe, and follow on any platform where podcasts are found. Remember to rate and review. Can't wait to meet you back here next week for episode 18. You won't want to miss it. If you have encouragement topics you want me to discuss, a beacon of encouragement you want to nominate, or questions you want answered, feel free to email them to me at antithesissw at gmail.com. If you have Instagram, follow me at antithesis underscore of underscore superwoman and check me out on Twitter at antithesis S. Talk to you next week. And remember, no cape, no cap. Bye.